Welcome to this reading of a Pathwork Lecture by Eva Paracas. It is read by Gary Volbrock. Pathwork Lecture number 124, 1996 edition, May 1st, 1964. The Language of the Unconscious. Greetings, my dearest friends. Blessings for every one of you. Blessed be this hour. May this lecture help you again discover more of yourself, to widen and raise your consciousness, to strengthen your grasp on reality. The most powerful aspect in your life is the unconscious. Everything favorable, pleasurable, advantageous, as well as your hardships, suffering, disappointments, unfulfillments, so-called bad luck, the repetition of unfavorable patterns, all are determined by your unconscious thinking and feeling. This comprises a great deal more than is commonly understood. When you speak of your fate, of what happens or does not happen to you as if by fate, the truth is that these events are caused by nothing else but the governing force of unconscious factors. The unconscious is much stronger than the conscious mind because the absurdity of conscious misconceptions and unrealistic outlooks is more easily detectable and can therefore be corrected. Whatever is hidden from awareness continues to govern you without your being able, through your reason, to change it. Hence, it is of utmost importance to detect such hidden, erroneous outlooks. It is often forgotten that the unconscious not only harbors petrified wrong conclusions, destructive behavior patterns resulting from images, and negative emotions due to unresolved problems, but also utter wisdom, divine truth, and the most constructive elements in the universe constantly building them with unending creativity and love. These wells of positive energy can be tapped to the degree that the obstructions are let out of their hiding place, the unconscious. Then, and then only, will all the productive elements which are still hidden rise to the surface. Only when you are in a dynamic process of growth and development do these words become real. Until then, they represent a theory and no more. Little by little, as you begin to discover the strange, exciting, at times even slightly frightening and yet exhilarating reality of your unconscious, you will begin to have an inkling of the powerful elements that are buried in it. So we must strive on this path to detect as much as possible not only what is erroneous, but also all the productive elements behind the errors. They all lie deep within yourself. To the degree that you liberate yourself from the rubbish of useless fears and misconceptions that divide you, the constructive, creative, productive elements you never knew existed will be freed. 
Why do I repeat this fact after having discussed it so often and in so many different forms? My reason for doing so is that none of you, my friends, are really and truly aware of the power of your unconscious and how it still governs you in your daily lives in spite of considerable progress. I wish to help you to become more aware of this, to give you even more effective tools to discover more of the forces which govern you without your knowing it. Before we come to more practical hints in this respect, let me discuss the following. Your personality is a repetition, in smaller form, of the whole universe. Both the individual and the universe exist because of a certain distribution of various cosmic energies. The way these energies interact and are arranged determines the harmonious or disharmonious existence of the created being, human, universe, plant, or leaf. In their ideal creation and state, these energies and forces work together perfectly, complementing one another rather than hindering one another. Hence, the created being emanates one unified cosmic current. Again, this applies to a stellar system, an individual planet, as well as every entity inhabiting the individual planets, from mineral to the highest spiritual creature. The regulating universal forces must be the same for all. When a stellar system disintegrates, it is because contrary forces are at work. The opposite of truthfulness, realism, awareness, and consciousness. The two opposing forces create such tension through the pressure of two opposing energy currents that finally an explosion occurs and the entity annihilates itself. This is again applicable to a stellar system, a planet, or the decay of a leaf on a tree. To put it simply, the universe, up to a certain degree of development or awareness, consists of two primary currents, a yes current and a no current. The yes current includes every constructive energy because it accords with truthful insight, which cannot help but breed love and unity. The no current is destructiveness because it inadvertently deviates from truthfulness, thereby breeding hate and disunity. This general explanation applies to your individual daily life as well as to great concepts in the history of creation. You know, my friends, from past experience that I do not ask you blindly to accept spiritual teachings you cannot verify within yourself right now. For what applies to you personally must, in principle, apply to all creation. It is easy and absolutely feasible to detect the yes and no currents within yourself, in your daily lives, if you learn to understand and to interpret the language 
of your personal unconscious. To do so requires a certain technique, the same as in learning any new language. It means practice, perseverance, and patience in order to learn the new symbols. Language in any shape or form is a conglomeration of symbols. What else is language? When you say the word table, it is a symbol for the object you use and know. The same applies to the language of your personal unconscious mind. And it is just as possible to learn its language as to learn any other language. But it also takes as much time, effort, and practice. It no more comes to you by itself than suddenly learning a new language without organized effort. Only it is infinitely more rewarding, more essential for your personal life to know the language of your unconscious than the knowledge of a dozen foreign earth languages. The work of this path is manifold. We have described it in various analogies and defined it in several ways. Among many other things, this path is also the learning of the language of the unconscious. When you do so, you are bound to detect the yes and the no currents. The yes current is often, but not always, the more noticeable of the two because it is mostly conscious. Whenever you find yourself disturbed because of a persistent unfulfillment, you can be sure that both currents must be strongly at work, thus inhibiting each other. Consciously, the yes current is stronger and blots out the unconscious no current. The more the latter is squelched in the erroneous idea that this eliminates it, the more it is driven underground, where it continues to do its work. And the more this happens, the more urgent and frantic the yes current becomes. The two currents pull the personality in two opposite directions, creating stronger and stronger tension and pressure. The way to eliminate the short circuit is to uncover the no current, understand its faulty premises, and thereby gradually shed the belief in the necessity for its existence. It will be helpful for every one of you to approach yourself, your life, in this way. It sounds, and really is, simple, but it is not oversimplified. In those areas of your life where things go easily, where you appear to be lucky, where most of the time you are fulfilled without any problematic and confusing crises, you can be sure that there is very little no current and the yes current predominates without a contradictory hidden undercurrent. To put it differently, not only is the surface attitude, but the attitude of your entire being undivided and in accord with reality. You are not split in motivation and in desire. But in areas where you are repeatedly unlucky, the no current must be at work in one form or another. Of course, 
The reasons may vary with each individual, but the underlying causes have to be clearly defined in order to inactivate them. Most of you have begun to detect them, at least in part. Any goal you consciously desire and nevertheless do not attain is proof that an undetected no current is at work. It is not sufficient to gain or have gained understanding of your images and misconceptions, nor how and why they came into existence in the particular circumstances of your childhood. Important work as that is, it is only one step. In this respect, most of you have made considerable progress, but it is not sufficient, for you are all mistaken when you believe that, having found the misconceptions, the erroneous conclusions will automatically change your innermost subtle emotional reactions. It does not work that way, because this assumption only leads to the illusion that your finding and your momentary relief has already liberated you, while you continue to react in the old way without being aware of it. Sooner or later, this is bound again to produce negative results, which then come as a double disappointment and discouragement. The only way change can come about is through detection of how the no current continues to work, even prohibiting the very change so ardently striven for by the yes current. For that purpose, you really have to master the language of the unconscious. Let us assume you wish for a certain fulfillment in your life you have lacked until now. You may have been aware of a strong desire for this fulfillment, and in your path work you have discovered unconscious misconceptions, false guilts, and destructive attitudes that prohibit it. You may even have discovered a fear of the very fulfillment you wish, and consequently a subtle attitude of rejecting it. The fear may be based on an entirely illusory premise and therefore be unnecessary. It may be due to the childish desire of not wanting to pay the necessary price connected with the fulfillment. It may be a feeling of not deserving this happiness. It may be any number of further reasons or a combination of all of them. Whatever they are, you have, in essence, discovered what stands in your way. You may experience the discovery as a one-time nucleus, as it were, like a package of disturbance. But it rarely occurs to my friends that this package continues to send forth its expressions in spite of having been detected. And this is the important part of the work, without which real liberation cannot be achieved. In view of all this, it is necessary to renew your efforts in daily detection of the no current at work. Its manifestations may be ever so subtle, diffuse, and almost too elusive to catch. But, if you set out to do so, what was once so hazy as to be almost impossible to formulate will become obvious. 
It will stand out in clear contour. You will discover how you slightly cringe at the thought of the fulfillment whenever it approaches. When it is playful fantasy, all may be well. You may detect a vague feeling of familiar uneasiness, which you used to push aside when you thought about the fulfillment. Is it a feeling of fear or false guilt that you do not deserve it? Whatever it is, try to take these vague, hazy, emotional impressions and question them in the daylight of consciousness. Examine the faraway fantasy when, apparently, only the yes current is at work. But in this fantasy, do you wish for the impossible in that you do not take into consideration the human imperfections in all concerned? Do you fantasize in the spirit of having it all your way, which may not be bad or wrong, but, upon closer examination, is rigid, one-sided, unreal. In this fantasy, do you expect being favored at the expense of flexibly adjusting to new circumstances? In these circumstances, you could give of yourself as you compromise and renounce your expectations. Or do you suddenly feel that life should furnish you with the ideal fulfillment without necessitating change, adjustment, and relinquishing on your part? This prevalent attitude may be extremely subtle and require all your discernment to discover it. When you do, you will have found a reason for the existence of the no current which functions exclusively when it comes to reality, but not in your one-sided fantasy. In such one-sided fantasy, you may even be willing to give of yourself but only because in the fantasy you direct the play and thus determine how, when, in what way you are giving. In reality, you cannot determine all that. Reality requires you to be ready with your flexibility when necessary. Because you unconsciously know all that, you block the fulfillment, somehow waiting for the impossible. When you become aware of the constantly working no current, even before fully understanding its presence, you will find relief from hopelessness and the way out will be in sight. You will understand why your life has not changed in spite of extensive recognitions of images and childhood lessons. You will now detect the destructive feelings in the service of the no current, fear, guilt, anger, frustration, hostility, and so forth. These feelings continue to smolder, but they may be artfully camouflaged, explained away by apparently real provocations, and successfully projected onto others. Discovering all these mechanisms is learning the language of the unconscious. This is a successful translation of it. No matter how many findings you make, nothing will really change in your life until you observe the no current in action, daily, again and again, until you interpret its messages and decipher its codes.
Before you can discover the no current behind a strong, unfulfilled wish, you may often be puzzled because the yes current is so desperately urgent. Instead of letting this mislead you into assuming that this proves the absence of a no current, you may be certain that the urgency proves its presence. The frantic fear that the desperate urgency will not be fulfilled always heralds an underground no to the fulfillment. Absence of such a no produces an easy, relaxed yes current without a tinge of desperation. It is a yes current that wants the fulfillment, is wholly ready for it, but is quite capable of leading a constructive life without it, regardless of how welcome the fulfillment would be. If the fulfillment cannot take place for various outer reasons, if the detection of the no current happened too late, the person will still know that other ways are open for the experience of a productive life. Let us now be more specific about the detection of a no current. You may be sure it exists if frustration remains in your life in spite of having found relevant images. You may also be sure about its existence if you are desperate in your yes current, if you fear that the fulfillment will never come, if you believe your life is dismal without it. After having thus determined that the no current must exist, it is now a question of experiencing it, not just once, but whenever it is at work. To become more acutely aware of its existence, the practice of the daily review, as you have learned, is immensely helpful and has to be applied in this direction. Observation and questioning of your emotional reactions must extend in width and depth on the path, instead of diminishing. If you progress in the right direction, you will now observe more rather than less, contrary to the mistaken idea that there is less to see because of your improvement. Close scrutiny of your emotions is a number one prerequisite. It is equally important to stir up the petrified part of the unconscious. If left alone, untouched and unchallenged, the obstructions of the no current do not manifest. They slumber quietly, and only when shaken up do they react in a more noticeable fashion. Such stirring occurs through the frustrations and difficulties life brings. It also occurs through constantly questioning the self and trying to get through the outer rational shell in a spirit of penetrating inner search. Stirred up emotions reveal the no current if they are investigated, questioned, and understood. As I have said, this stirring occurs partly through the unavoidable life circumstances and partly through deliberate processes in the pathwork. To observe productively what the unconscious expresses, it is important to separate the healthy part of yourself from the unhealthy, confused, involved part. 
Detached observation of something obscure and strange is the most healing procedure on the path of liberation. When your yes current observes the no current without frantic self-accusations, it becomes possible to translate the latter into concise human language. The concise formulation of previously vague feelings is invaluable and needs to be learned in the early stages of this path. You are erroneously convinced that to understand what occurs in your unconscious means merely finding hitherto unknown elements. You expect completely unknown facts. This is true only in the rarest instances. It is not necessary to go through gyrations and distortions to seek after novelties. Nothing unfeasible is required to discover what needs to be discovered for living a meaningful life. You do not have to wait for something far away and completely hidden. First, observe those layers that are easily accessible when you focus your attention on them. There are the half-conscious thoughts, the vague and diffuse attitudes and expressions that are almost second nature and therefore so easily overlooked because they have become a part of you. But none of the half-conscious feelings, reactions, and concepts are clearly formulated into concise thoughts. If you watch the half-conscious reactions in the problem areas of your life, you will learn all you need to know about yourself. This is a vital part of learning the language of your unconscious. I will now not discuss dream interpretation, which deals with the translation of deeper layers. For this, more help is needed than the observation of half-conscious material and its translation into your known language. The half-conscious material comprises your immediate emotional reactions as well as your fantasy life. Comparison of both often demonstrates your discrepancies and contradictions as well as your immature expectations. The more clearly you see how you push away or withdraw from the very fulfillment you crave, as you see it again and again in action, the closer you come to eliminating the no current. You weaken it merely by observing it. When the petrified part of the unconscious is sufficiently badgered, partly from the petrification itself, which you experience as frustration and pain, and partly from your path work, the hardness becomes sufficiently fluid to let go of some of its substance. This causes the no current to appear strongly on the surface, less and less disguised, making it more and more difficult to rationalize. This can lead to a turning point, provided the ego does not lapse in its vigilance, allowing the no current to become strong again. Please test yourself as to this possibility, at least in certain areas. It is essential that you pay more attention to the no current in its exact form. A certain type of meditation can help. 
Become very quiet and relaxed and begin by observing your thinking process and even your initial inability to do so. This eventually leads to keeping thoughts out for a short while and making yourself utterly empty. In the emptiness, it is possible for hitherto checked and repressed material to surface, if you express this purpose and desire it strongly enough without shying away from the effort to reach the goal. Though difficult at the beginning, such effort will, after a while, establish a channel to a part of you that you could not previously tap. At first, you see the destructive elements floating up, and then you will be able to tap the constructive elements hidden deeply within. Often, however, the process does not follow this sequence. In other words, it is not that good follows after all the bad has come out. It fluctuates. This may represent an additional test for you because it may lead you to wishful thinking and an overestimation of yourself. Someone who has experienced some previously unmanifested creative, constructive soul material may not be further advanced than another who has not yet tapped the divine channel. They just have a different rhythm. In occult literature, the expression, the third eye, is often used. Through establishing contact with the hidden unconscious and understanding the language of your unconscious obstructions, you develop third perceptive organs and forms of communication in every respect, not only eyes with which to see more clearly, but ears and other senses of perception, as well as a new form of speech. Metaphysical practices have succeeded in providing adequate training and disciplines in this respect, but only rarely are they used in the right direction. People are always tempted into the ideal state they have not yet reached, so that newly acquired faculties are put into the service of escaping instead of being used for self-detection and understanding the meaning of destructive elements. All this does require a certain discipline, as well as unflagging willpower. The difficulty is that behind the lack of willpower needed on your path is the very no current creating the problem you wish so much to resolve. In other words, the brakes you inadvertently put on your consciously desired fulfillment because of some unknown fear manifest in your pathwork in various ways. Lack of energy and desire, laziness, being blocked, not understanding, projecting anger on those who help, dramatizing and exaggerating actual difficulties until the pathwork is no longer possible or can continue only in such a way that the real problems remain untouched. Important also is the negative insistence on concentrating on issues that the pathwork does not organically bring to your attention through your life circumstances. 
to realize and be on the lookout for such delaying tactics from the no current is essential to your work of self-realization. Although a substantial part of you is eager to detect, to grow out of, to change the problems with the help of the yes current, there is also a deep fear of change, showing the no current at work. It exists in proportion to the difficulty of the problem and the work. The no current cannot be eliminated unless the deep fear and its concomitant misconceptions, which call it into existence, become conscious and your reason and intelligence can examine their validity. Therefore, it is most advisable not to disregard the no current and act as though it did not exist. It must be heeded, for it contains the key to the problem itself. The important no current is also called resistance, but this word has lost its meaning for you, so the mere mention of it may only increase your no current. If you realize that the no current is a universal factor present in your world in many forms, it might be easier for you to go about detecting it in yourself. Every one of you is constantly involved in a no current. It is not a question of whose no current is stronger and whose is weaker. The determining question is whether it is detected, observed, and followed in its machinations, which must be clearly understood. A stronger no current is constantly weakened by your awareness and is less harmful than a puny but sluggishly obstinate one that clings to the personality in a most damaging fashion because it goes unobserved. The latter is more difficult to find, especially when the yes current is strong. So please, my friends, set out to discover your no current. Find in what way it manifests, as well as on what misconceptions it is based. Your unconscious speaks steadily, my friends. It speaks without your hearing it, so you do not communicate with it and therefore miss a very important part of your work. So often you go on searching for an intellectual understanding of one-time misconceptions thereby overlooking the steady flow of the no current and how it works. Instead, focus on it, make it your task, and put the emphasis on self-observation. If every day you devote a little time to this all-important issue, the results will be most wonderful. 1. Ask yourself, what goal do I want now? Where am I dissatisfied? What would I want to be different? 2. How much do I want it? 3. To what extent is there something in me that does not want it, or fears it, or, for one reason or another, says no to it? 4. If the no current exists regarding the very thing I wish, it must also exist in my pathwork itself. How does it manifest there? 5. How can I detect, 
the various forms and manifestations of the no current in my daily life. If you clearly formulate these five questions and begin truthfully to answer them, your work on the path will be most dynamic and your progress will astound and delight you. Again, the truthful answer to these questions through steady observation, formulation of vague feelings, and meditation exercises cannot be a permanent one. Do not believe that what you now find suffices and needs no further attention. Rather, it has to be observed continuously. Only then will the no current slowly weaken. Each observation may bring deeper and wider understanding. To be very quiet and relaxed during the periods of self-confrontation is, as you know, essential. But if you have difficulty in this respect, if you feel too tense, too harassed and impatient, if you believe that you are missing something else that is important without being able to name it, you can be sure that this is a typical manifestation of the no current. That is what prohibits you from becoming quiet and listening to yourself. If you can acknowledge this, calmly stating to yourself, I'm too nervous and restless to relax and do this part of the very process I want. Your restlessness will abate because you are in the truth of the now. The next step will be easier. You can then observe in action how you react when you try to work on your problem. If you continue to observe how, perhaps at another time, the no current manifests in an entirely different way, but observe it calmly with all the keen one-pointed attention you can muster, your efforts must be crowned with success, and eventually you will eliminate what is most destructive in your life. Instead, you often storm ahead in your flights of fantasy to a faraway goal of perfection, while underneath you actually fear this very goal and thus overlook what stands in your way. The yes current must observe the no current. Let this be your motto. To the degree that you are successful in communicating with your own unconscious and understanding its language, you will establish a connection with a deeper, wiser part of your unconscious. It will eventually take over and guide you through all phases of your life, also those where you have not yet been successful. The helpful part of your unconscious must constantly furnish you with regenerative strength, creative energy, resourcefulness, harmony. But this help can come only when you have learned to become aware of, observe, and decipher the petrified and destructive part of the unconscious. When you learn to do this with calm detachment, you will not only learn to communicate consciously with the constructive part of your unconscious, but will also consciously communicate with the unconscious of other people. This means a great deal, my friends. 
You have begun to discover the truth of what I keep on saying, namely, that all human beings constantly affect one another on their unconscious levels. The communications you are unaware of determine the relationship. Being in a state of ignorance about this and not being able to grasp what is going on must leave you hanging in the air. You often fail to understand what really happens in relationships. You both fail to understand and to make yourself understood. Therefore, when you learn to consciously perceive the unconscious of others, thus understanding your interactions, you will experience a revolutionary liberation. This is, indeed, a vital threshold in your development. When this happens, you will see that there is no word to describe the phenomenon. It will be as though a dark curtain fell away from you. Misunderstandings, hurts, fears must cease to exist. You will see that what threatens you in others and makes you tense and defensive can be observed calmly in the way you have learned to do with your own self. You will learn to interpret it in others as you have done with yourself. You will learn to interpret what this gesture, that emphasis, this expression, that action, this utterance, that tense muscle mean, unbeknown to the person. You will hear, see, and perceive what other people really mean, what they want to express in spite of their disguise, what they are governed by behind their conscious attitudes and facades. You will know what their unconscious says when they behave in such and such a way. When you arrive at this point, you have nothing further to fear. But this is an organic development that cannot happen before you have done it with yourself. As long as you are frightened, you lack the necessary calm observation to perceive truthfully. Whether this concerns fright of what others might do to you or fright of your own unconscious. In the last lecture, I have discussed your fear of your own unconscious in connection with your fear of letting go into union with a mate and the third in the triad, the fear of death. It is this fear of one's own unconscious that makes the no current so strong. You will see the interconnection of the triad and the liberation I have just described when you no longer fear others because you can quietly take them in and use all your observing functions and organs to see them in reality. Hence, this lecture can be truly understandable only if you verify the fear of your own unconscious. As you lose this fear, you will learn to interpret the language of your unconscious. Thus you perfect yourself more and more in the technique that establishes a fearless relationship with others. Are there any questions now? Question. If people become aware of the fear behind their wishes, and the wish then diminishes because they fully realize the fear, what can they do then? Answer. The question is really not what one can do, but what this means. 
If the wish for fulfillment recedes because of the fear, it means that the fear is not understood, since the misconceptions and the unreal outlook behind it are not yet seen in all their connections and ramifications. If the fear were fully understood, it would most certainly diminish, not by being covered up, but by really and truly dissolving. This means that the whole territory is not fully explored. There are so many loose ends, and much remains to be done. Do you understand? Question. Yes, I do, but I still have the feeling... Can I give an example? I have always wanted to be an actress. I couldn't do it because I feared that I wouldn't be as perfect as I wanted to be and wouldn't want to take the risks. Now, being older, I realize also that I couldn't do it anyway any longer. Now the wish still exists, but also the fear and also the knowledge that it is too late. Answer. You see, you have discovered here a relatively superficial cluster of emotions, reactions, and attitudes. The wish, with all that is attached to it, is a manifestation of something much deeper. We might truly say that it is a displacement. It is a manifestation of a deeper wish and a deeper fear. It is impossible to resolve a problem when one deals with the displacement of it. It must be dealt with, felt, experienced in its deep original manifestation. In order to make this possible, many restrictions, inhibitions, the no current, must become fully conscious in most of its aspects. Then only can you relive the frustration and pain you suffered as a child, and therefore still suffer often, only now it is not necessary to do so. It happens because you have instituted very destructive defenses against the original pain and frustration. One of them is an unusually strong no current. It is the latter which makes it so difficult for you to unroll the whole process and become vibrantly alive. Question. I understand that very well. I know that the displacement contains exactly the same thing. I feel the no current. Answer. Not fully, no. It is essential that you become more acutely and specifically aware of it, as it manifests in your daily living, in your reactions, contacts, attitudes, in the work on the path itself. Only then will it be possible to penetrate where your consciousness has so far not been able to do so. Question. I have a question from a missing friend. She would like to know what the metaphysical mechanics are concerning the hardening of the brain arteries, impairing a patient's mental capacities. Why does it happen? What can be done to help? Answer, it happens because of a protective mechanism in the human psyche. It enables a person on the border between this manifestation of life and a different dimension of life 
to make the period of transition less painful physically as well as mentally. Mental pain exists in individuals who are filled with fear and uncertainty. When inner problems remain unsolved, as you know, the fear of the unknown is very strong. It could almost be likened to a form of anesthesia that nature administers if necessary. This is a blessed thing indeed. This already answers your second question, because when you understand and see it in this light, understanding will eliminate an inner current of anxiety, which in turn would be picked up by the patient's unconscious. Fears become burdens, but here the absence of apprehension will bring further relief. If you no longer push and press against the natural process, but gratefully see it as what it is, there will be no pressure from you on the unconscious of the patient. This will make it easier for the patient to give in to relief, instead of fighting against it in shame spurred on by a false conscience. This may happen in an ever so subtle way. Please preserve the questions that come up spontaneously after these lectures. A question or a parallel out of your own pathwork may occur to you as you listen or read. Do give all other friends the benefit of sharing and yourself a further elaboration on a point that might prove very helpful for you by jotting down what occurs to you. Let us hope that this lecture, in spite of much repetition in essence, conveyed something new to you, thus giving you a new incentive and motor force to approach yourself in a spirit of detached observation. When you find it difficult to do so, do not override the difficulty, but take it in itself as language, as expression, and interpret it. Be blessed, all of you, in body, in soul, and spirit. Be in peace, my dearest friends. Be in God. This has been a reading of Pathwork Lecture number 124. For more information about other Pathwork materials and programs, please visit the International Pathwork Foundation website at www dot pathwork dot org